Hi, Daily Signal listeners. This is Samantha Rank with a bonus episode of the Daily Signal podcast. President Joe Biden shared the news Monday that the United States had killed al-Qaeda leader Ayman Zawahari in a drone strike last week. Joining me today to discuss this news, what this means for the future of al-Qaeda and terrorist ops in the Middle East, is Jeff Smith, a research fellow here at the Heritage Foundation's Asian Studies Center. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, It's great to be with you. Now, President Joe Biden announced Monday that the United States had killed al-Qaeda leader Ayman Zawahari in a drone strike on July 30th, ending a 21-year manhunt. So first and foremost, Jeff, who exactly was Zawahari and what is the significance of his death? Well, he was widely considered to be Osama bin Laden's deputy and al-Qaeda's number two in command um, and and responsible, frankly, for the planning and operation of the 9-11 terrorist attack. So Zawahiri has been a high-level target of the United States, one of the most wanted people in the world for over 20 years. His terrorist activities predated 9-11. He's an educated Egyptian who went on to join the anti-Soviet jihad in Afghanistan alongside bin Laden, and the two gradually developed al-Qaeda into one of the world's most notorious terrorist outfits. Uh, Zawahiri has uh, since been hiding likely somewhere inside of Pakistan, uh, releasing videos periodically urging global jihad, you know, expressing extremist sentiments. And uh, U.S. intelligence caught wind that Zawahiri's family had moved into Afghanistan in the capital, Kabul, earlier this year and later confirmed that he was also on the premises. And when they found an opportunity to strike, they took it. And now what is the future of al-Qaeda? Is there someone who is next in line to essentially replace him? There's always a next in line. Um, Al-Qaeda does continue to enjoy some influence, uh, both in the AFPAC region and globally. Um, But really, it's become part of this broader mixture of terrorist groups that operate in the region, alongside of the Taliban, alongside of the Haqqani network, both of which are now in control of Afghanistan, both of which are aligned with al-Qaeda. You also have factions of the Islamic State in Afghanistan, which are aligned with this nexus, and they sort of um, are all in some ways integrated with one another. And so I would say the capabilities of al-Qaeda Central have certainly been downgraded since 9-11 through an exhaustive drone campaign in Afghanistan and Pakistan's tribal areas. Um, we've sort of whittled away their leadership and, and much of their rank and file. But they do continue to operate within this broader nexus of terrorist groups. And the bigger concern, frankly, is that since the withdrawal from Afghanistan under the Biden administration, um, the Taliban and Haqqani network now running Afghanistan, the concern is that they're going to offer a more permissive environment to al-Qaeda and these other international terrorist groups. And, you know, the presence of Zawahiri in a posh neighborhood in the Afghan capital, living in a guest house run by Siraj Haqqani, who's a major Taliban leader, suggests that, you know, those fears were correct. And 
it's already evident that they're providing space for al-Qaeda to operate. So this is a very concerning trend. And just speaking of the the fall of Afghanistan, and we're coming up on that one year of the Taliban takeover there, what do you think is the future of counterterrorism ops in the Middle East, given Iran's growing aggression and also the Afghanistan withdrawal? Yeah, well, I, I guess in a way that we we got some good news and some bad news out of this operation. And the good news is that we are still capable of launching airstrikes inside of Afghanistan. And one of the questions, frankly, many of us have is how exactly was this operation carried out? You know, was was uh, Pakistan used either as a launching pad or, or or did we use its airspace? And if so, did we have its permission to do so? Or, or did we launch the raid without its permission? You know, you might recall that we launched a raid against Osama bin Laden, found inside Pakistan, less than a mile from a premier Pakistani military academy. We launched that operation into Pakistan without their permission. And that could have been done again in this case. Um, It's also possible the drone flew in through Central Asian countries. The point is, though, that we do have limited access now. After withdrawing, we don't have nearly as many boots on the ground, eyes on the ground, and ways to launch these types of operations. But clearly, we do maintain some capability. Whether that capability is enough to match the likely growing threat of terrorism coming from Afghanistan is is a different story. And we're going to have to find new arrangements in the future to do these counterterrorism operations. One of my biggest issues with the Afghan war was that uh, we sort of allowed Pakistan to play this double game where they let us use their territory and airspace, but the entire time they were supporting, defending, protecting the Taliban and al-Qaeda. So we have to avoid getting into a similar type arrangement where we're sort of perpetuating the long-term problem. Well, Jeff, those are all the questions that I have for you. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Again, joining us today was Jeff Smith of the Asian Studies Center here at the Heritage Foundation. Thanks again. Thank you. As I approached the walkway from around the back of the building, they had taken um, crowbars to almost all of our windows, two of our doors, and just shattered all of the glass. That's the voice of Susan Campbell, executive director of Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center. In the early hours after Roe v. Wade was overturned, vandals smashed windows and spray-painted threatening messages outside the center. I'm Virginia Allen. Next week, we're releasing a documentary about what happened to the Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center, and we take a deep dive into the violence and attacks against other pregnancy centers across the country. Stay tuned and make sure you're subscribed to The Daily Signal's YouTube channel to watch this documentary and other videos from The Daily Signal. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Daily Signal podcast. If you have not done so already, be sure to subscribe to The Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and we will be back with you all tomorrow.
The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. The executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen, Doug Blair, and Samantha Rank. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.